Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Vicki Button. Vicki is a clairvoyant medium who had a near-death experience where she was taken to a room of knowledge by a light being, and today we're going to learn about it. Vicki, thank you so much for being my guest and welcome. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, my audience loves to hear about near-death experiences. So if you don't mind, can we start on the day yours happened? Yeah, it, it was only recently. So it was only November last year. Hmm. It's something I have been fascinated with my whole life. And I've because I've always connected with spirit and I've got their version of you know, how they tell me it is, I actually was so excited that I got to have a near-death experience because then I got to feel firsthand what they were trying to always teach me or show me and I got to understand it a lot better. Hmm. So um, I had what the reasoning why I ended up dying was I had an anaphylactic reaction to just taking two disparate um, I'd taken two disparate for a headache and didn't realise that I, my body was highly allergic to it. And so I went into an anaphylactic reaction and stopped breathing. And so I was, like, rushed by ambulance to the hospital. I don't recall anything about being transported to the hospital. The, all I remember is being out of my body seeing my body over on a hospital bed and I was, I felt like I would, I knew it was me, but I knew I was like just light and I found myself standing right next to the doctor that was obviously in the room. I could see everybody in the room and I knew everything about that doctor, uh, like to, like a telepathy type I knew I knew he was I'd never met him before in like life but I knew he was married I knew his children I knew why he wanted to be a doctor I, it was like I could just tap into his whole life and then I moved next to the nurse that was there and I could do the same with her and I knew that she'd just moved house because she was in a relationship with somebody and I knew everything about her and then I turned and I saw this being coming towards me, like a, a light being. He, it was a male energy. It was not somebody I was familiar with and I, I don't feel like it was a guide that I had communicated with before. It was no one that was familiar to me but I still knew them, if that makes sense, and I trusted that I was meant to go with him and he took me down a passageway. Now, I know a lot of people say they go to a tunnel or they see a white light. We went down this passageway and I stopped halfway along the passage and turned to my left and I saw my mum 
come. She had passed five years ago and she came towards me but she did not look like my mum looked when my mum was alive. She was just, I'll describe it as a ball of energy. So if you could imagine a round shape with like all these little sparkly things just moving and but I knew it was her. Even though it was just this ball of energy, I knew that was my mum and the love that you feel is just absolutely incredible. I've, you know, I can love people on earth but it's the love that you get in that connection is just divine. It's just glorious. My mum did not communicate anything to me. No, I did not get any words from her. I didn't get any messages. I just, to me, it felt like she was, she knew that I was going to be coming back into my body. So she just took that little bit of an opportunity to connect with me on that level before I had to get steered off with this spiritual being. And behind my mum was Every other person I had ever known, plus so souls that I had interacted with on earth, had known on earth, friends, acquaintances, family, they were all there in, as balls of energy as well, plus souls that were going to be coming into my life in the future were also there. So my future grandchildren were there with the people that had already been in my life and the ones that were coming into my life. They were all together. And I was not allowed, to, I wanted to go over and spend time with them and sit and have a chat, but I wasn't allowed to do that because this, it was kind of like a time thing. I was on a time frame, like, no, you haven't got time for that. You've got to come over and learn all this other stuff before you go back into your body. So I followed the spiritual being to a room which he, I know it was called a room of knowledge. It, you could stand in this room and know everything. And he, get, I know I was downloaded with a lot of information. Some of it I am recalling as the days go on since that time and others I know that it's, it's going to be useful to me in the future. I don't need it right now. I need it later on. So after the download, as I was coming back towards my body, I could feel I have five sons and simultaneously I could feel every emotion that they were feeling because I knew I was in hospital and they knew I was in trouble. Um, I felt their emotion all at the same time I knew all their thoughts, but I didn't need to do anything about it. So as a mother on earth, if one of my, if one of my kids came home and they had a problem or, you know, they wanted to discuss something, as, as their mother I will talk them through it and give my advice and want to help them. But as a spirit form, I didn't need to do any of that. There was this total acceptance that they can, it's fine for them to feel that way and I don't have to fix it. It's kind of like, you know, when you're alive, you feel like you want to control things. 
but when I had died, I didn't need to control anything. It was a total acceptance to allow everything to be as it is. So then I came back to my body. I saw my body laying on the hospital bed and I saw doctors and nurses frantically working on my physical body. My spiritual body then came in and it it sat, it floated above. It wasn't totally in my physical body. It was floating above my physical body and I could see physical doctors, nurses, staff, and I could see spiritual energies working together. So part some were working on my physical body and some were working on my spiritual body. And then I saw a four screens come in. Um, and it was it was kind of like a TV screen type of thing. It was just this square screen and it came in there and it came in there. It came in front of me and it came behind me. So it was like in my torso. It was going into my torso and that's when all the colours started. And the colours were kind of like your chakra colours. There was the reds and yellows, oranges, and it was all getting beamed into my body. And this was coming from the spiritual. There was nothing that the physical doctors or nurses were doing with any equipment. It wasn't like their equipment was doing it. This was all on a spiritual level. And they had equipment. The, the, spirit, the spirits that were there had equipment to re... I heard them say they were realigning me because I was out of balance. And I felt like that was because maybe the work that I'm doing all the time, I'm constantly taking on energy of everybody else. I may have got myself out of whack, you know, and they were they realigned me. And then I heard... The colours, though, like they're 2,000 times more vivid than what we can see with our physical eyes. It, it, it is inc- It's like this frequency of colour. It's just it, I can't even describe the, the vividness of it that, that it is when you're in a conscious state. And then I heard them say she can go back now. The spirit energy said she can go back now. And then I felt myself back in my body. And then I heard, I don't know the time. I know I was eight hours in the hospital. Um, I know on my reports it said I actually physically died from uh, the air was going in but there was no air coming out. I don't know how long that was and I don't know how long this whole process of going with the spirit energy, I don't know how long anything, there was no time relevance at all. But when I heard a nurse saying to me, she was calling my name, saying, Vicky, Vicky, I opened my eyes and I said to her, oh, did you see the colours? <laughs> and she's like, no. And I said, oh, you should see the colours. They are just so beautiful and it's so lovely there. Can I go back? Can I please go back? <laughs> and she obviously didn't know what I was talking about. And then I struggled, seriously struggled for uh, a week to two weeks after that event of not wanting to be here on earth. I wanted to go back there so badly. It, that The feeling of love and being embraced and I just wanted to go back there. I just really did not want to be here. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. 
When you first got out of your body, did you know that you were dead at that point or when did you? You don't actually get, you don't feel like you're dead. Because I remember, I remember vividly saying to myself, oh, we don't die. We don't die. We just move to another dimension. We don't, there is no dying. So even though I'm, I'm saying my physical body died, I, at no point did I feel dead. No. But you did have the realization, okay, I'm out of my body. I guess my body has died or anything like that. No, no, I didn't. I could see my body over there and I could see everybody working on it. But I, I never got that feeling that, oh, that, that body's dead over there until like afterwards when the doctors had told me that I actually died. I had no, no, I did not know. There was no fear, like absolutely no fear at all, no, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What are my kids going to do without me? There was no fear at all. When the light being was taking you to the room of knowledge, what did the light being look like? So I knew it was a male. He was all light but in the shape of what I, so I could, so it was funny because all the other, my mum and all the other energies that were coming at me were balls of energy. Mm -hmm. They weren't in a physical shape but he was in a physical shape. Maybe I think because to me that would have been something familiar. He was, he was big, very, very, his energy was big. And I don't recall him having a face because he was walking in front of me and I was following. So I feel like he was leading and I was just following. So I didn't really see his face. But I didn't need to either. Mm-hmm. I just knew him. You know, like you consciously know something. Do you think it's possible he was one of your guardian angels or guides? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Yeah. But when I, my guides over the years, I've had different guides. They, as I change and I grow, they change as well. I've never experienced, I've, I've mentioned this a lot. Uh, to other people, I've never experienced having um, like Archangel Michael or some people say they'll have a an American Indian type guide. I've never had anything like that. I've had one called Jenny who was just uh, a female spirit that had lived a few times and then I had an, uh, an Indian man that came from, he'd lived in Delhi. He told me where he lived and he had connected with me as a guide for a, a while. So I always feel like my guides have always just been what were regular people, not high ground masters or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I also feel like we teach our guides quite often too. Mm. It's not just them guiding us. We're quite often guiding them. That's an interesting. I've never heard that before. Mm. So can you recall what the room of knowledge looked like? It had a lot of blue energy and what blues and whites there were book there were books it was kind of like being in a library mm-hmm. where you could but you knew everything it, you know 
well, you know when you're on the computer and you you download information, it feels like that, but you can contain a lot. So rather than reading a book, you can just look at a book and you know everything that's in it. And you can look at a person and you know everything about them. You know why they're here. We, you know when they say we really are all one? Mm. We really are. Mm. We, you feel that when you've passed over. You feel that oneness and there is no judgment. That judgment is only while we're here on earth with an ego. There is no judgment at all mm. for anybody or anything when you have passed that's gone. I've had a few guests that describe a room similar to what you're saying and they kind of describe it as Roman or Greek looking. Do you recall anything like uh, that? It is old. It is very old. It has an ancient look about it. Yeah, I guess you could say it's. it kind of has that vibe of looking like that. Maybe. It just feels very ancient, like it's been there for so long. And you have to be very, it's kind of like you're very privileged. You feel very honoured that you get to go there. And it's the information they are giving you, for me it didn't feel like it was for me. The information I was getting did not feel like it was for me for my personal growth. It felt like I need to use this to help everyone else that's going to go through Um, what we're going through now with the ascensions and with people awakening more to their consciousness and I felt like I I've I've gone into another stage so to speak to help other people that are going to go through it Mm -hmm. yeah so you mentioned that when you came back that it seemed like it took you a couple weeks to process it you didn't you wanted to go back do you think you were depressed? And if so, was it because you didn't have that connectiveness with everybody like you had before? Yes, absolutely nailed it, yeah. I didn't, I couldn't feel my whole entire life I have felt since I've been born, I have felt like I'm part of two worlds. I've always done the spiritual work. I've always felt, you know, when people have died in my family, I have physically felt their pain and gone through and I have been in this, I've never liked school because I thought, why are we here? Why are we here? We're free spirits. Why are we being dictated to? I didn't like being led store. I didn't like being programmed by society. I was against the rules of society and I had this spiritual side and I've always felt like I was in both worlds. So when I got to go back fully into that other world, when I came back here, it was like, oh, I actually said, oh, I'm not back here again, am I? I really did say that. Mm. And I've heard other, I've spoken to other people that have been through a near-death experience that have said the same thing, oh, my God, I'm back here again. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you found in that place the love that you've always been yearning for? Yes. I have that love for myself. Obviously, I love my children, like, I have that, but it's 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 a different love. It's a. I think what I I think it's the non-judgmental love. Nobody 
wants anything from you. Nobody expects anything from you. They love you. Mm. On earth, people expect stuff from you. I'll love you if you love me back kind of thing. They, there's always an ulterior motive and it's the whole ego thing on earth that I have struggled with trying to navigate through that. Mm-hmm. And what other ways have you changed since you've been back? It did take me a while to process it all. I I went through a stage where I disconnected from everybody, except for my family. I disconnected from friends, <clears throat> from people. I And COVID was happening as well. So we were in lockdown and I loved it. I was thinking, I'm so glad we're in lockdown because I don't want to be around people. I kind of felt like I had to, I don't know, refine myself, restore my own energy. And so I disconnected from everyone and I thought, I'm going to just not have any contact with anybody at all. If they send me a message, I'm going to ignore them. I had no guilt. I was a yes person before. I easily became a no person after that experience. I easily got boundaries afterwards that I didn't have before. My self-worth skyrocketed, my self-love skyrocketed. And then at the beginning of this year, I felt like all these, I'm 59 now and I have been doing this work probably since I was 16. In my 20s, I started doing readings for people. Now I feel like now it's the time to teach everything that I have learned. I did not feel ready to teach before that. Now I feel ready to teach. And so since I have said, okay, I'm ready to teach, all this information has come. I'm just making video after video with information to share to help other people. After your experience, did it change the way that you read people? That's a good question. Not really because I've not really. I do. No, because I've always been able to read people. Yeah, I've always had that ability to be able to read people. So that side of things, no, probably not. All right. I think think what I did learn was the boundaries of not taking on their energy. I felt like I had to hold their energy to process it and then send it back out again. Now I don't feel like I have to do that. That that changed. How did your friends and family react to the new you? Well, they were all really glad that I was back. Mm. <laughs> and and I have a lot I have a, a big following on Facebook and I actually got quite in the two weeks sort of afterwards, and I did go through a depressive type state. I was angry that people wanted me back here because I felt like they wanted me back here so I could do stuff for them. Hmm. Oh, look, she's back. We can keep asking her all these questions and she can keep predicting the future for us and she can give to us. That's what I was angry. Hmm. Um, And then I got over that anger. It did, I don't know, I had to process something there. There was something being healed within me and then I could see like, ah, yes, I know why I'm back. Um, I don't know, everyone is very 
everyone that I have in my life is very kind and loving anyway, so that's, that's all still the same. I just got rid of a few people that were not helping me to be my best, sort of draining me. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. After your experience, I'm assuming you have more certainty, if not 100% certainty, that we are eternal beings. Absolutely. I feel like I, I'm on a mission now to speak with people who are, have a fear of dying. And I always before, I've always done readings for people where I've connected to their, to their loved ones and sent, give messages back. And now when I do a reading, I still get the messages back, but I can get so much more information about where they are, where that soul is to bring more, even more comfort to those that are still living and are going through the grieving process. So that side of it is I always, I always felt like I was helpful before to be able to give messages, you know, like I could... I could um, see what someone's life was like or, or give them something specific so they knew that I was definitely connecting with their loved one. But, and now there's this added information that I can share that says, but this is where they are and it's, it's the most loving place ever. It just brings people so much comfort because a lot of people, when they contact me, they always say, you know, if they're talking about their mum that had died or their dad that had died or their child are they okay? They always ask their question, are they okay? Like they, there's a fear that they might be lost somewhere or they don't know where they are. And I can tell them that they're, they are right here. It's really like we, are, we don't go anywhere. We really don't go anywhere. Mm. And I actually, can I just share something with you? I had a, of a friend who died of cancer and she came to me one night I get woken up at 2 o'clock in the morning a lot <laughs> with um, my guides do that a lot. And she came to me one night about a year after she had died and she said, she told me we don't die. And she took me to a, a house. We went into a house and we sat down and had a cup of tea. And I said, is this where you live now? And she said, yeah, we just, we don't die, Vicky. We don't die. And at the time I was thinking, what is she meaning? But when I when I went out of my body, I realised what she means. We don't die. Our consciousness does not die. Ever. Do you feel like you have a new purpose now? Like before yes. you were, you know, into get, doing readings for people and stuff and now your, your purpose has changed into something different? Yeah. But my before I was just doing readings as in I'm, I've always been someone who predicts the future. So... Uh, I was always giving people information about what's ahead uh, as a way to uh, guide their life, make them feel comforted and have, give them hope. Um, I am still doing that, but I tend to be steering more into helping people to unlock that ability within themselves now. I mean, we all have it, but quite often the ego side of us stops us from connecting to that higher self. So, yes, my per and my purpose now, I really want to bring comfort to people that are fr afraid of dying. 
I don't think a large part of my audience is afraid of dying, but I think a large part of my audience are people who have lost somebody yeah. close to them. And maybe they're looking for some reassurance that we are eternal. We are eternal. We are actually closer when someone has passed because in our physical bodies we have a barrier. So as much as, as, much as like your son, you know, you, you, you love your son and you know your son, you, you don't ever know what's in his thoughts or his emotions. He can tell you. You can ask him how are you feeling. He can tell you. That doesn't mean it's true. But when, if you pass away and your son is still alive, you will know those emotions. You will know his thoughts. You will know everything about him and not have to fix it and not have any judgment for it. So you are closer to somebody once someone has passed. And when you have both passed, you're just two souls that are full of love. There is none of that ego judgmental thing that happens in our physical bodies. Do you have any information on what we do in the afterlife? Do we just stay in eternity in another realm? Do we decide to come back? Do we go to other realms, other planets? For my personal experience, I've done past life regression and I noticed in different times that I have lived, I, at one time it was 400 years that I had gone from a life on earth till I came back to earth. So so my, my logical mind is saying, wow, where, what was I doing for 400 years? I have no idea because there's no time. There is no time. I don't think that even equates to 400 years. Whether the consciousness can rest, whether the consciousness is absorbing information on the other side, whether it's connecting with, I don't know what I was doing in that 400 years and it didn't matter. It didn't seem to matter what I was doing. So, cause there is no time. Time is just something that we've created here on earth. And what, you know, like I'm saying, so I, you know, maybe I was alive in a certain year and then I was, I remember being alive again in another year and there was 400 years in between. Was I somewhere else in that time and I never recalled it? I don't know. I can't answer that. Do you have any negative after effects from your experience that you have to manage? I think I had more negative effects before. Before that experience, I would feel so if my when my nana had a heart attack exactly the same time as she was having a heart attack, I was having excruciating chest pain. I was only 16 at the time. Uh, when my grandfather died, I started bleeding. I was carrying a child. Uh, I was pregnant and I just started, looked like I was going to miscarry and I got rushed off the hospital and the doctor said, we don't even know where the blood's coming from. And they said, well, I said, what do I do? And they said, just go home and rest. And I went home and my mum rang me and said that grandpa had just died. He had prostate cancer. So I have, have always, when someone in my family or someone very close to me goes through something physical, I get the physical, like a twin would, you know, like I get the physical uh, 
pain that they have, I get the bleeding or I get something. After my near-death experience, that has stopped. Hmm. Thank goodness. Because <laughs> it's it's very difficult to do that. It almost seems like you lost an ability or would you say that having that ability that you had was something that caused you to suffer? I never wanted that ability. And for years I used to say, I used to, to ask other people, how do I how do I not feel their physical pain? As much grounding as I tried to do, as much meditation as I tried to do, as much asking of my higher self, can you can you not do that? You know, like because it was it was constant. It was like on a weekly basis I would have a pain in my body and then one of someone in my family would ring up. But the minute they said to me, oh, I've got this shocking pain, when they told me where their pain was, it left me. Um, and I never wanted it. I tried for a very, very long time to get rid of that because I found it was affecting my own physical body. So maybe I got to consciously ask for that to be that gift. If that was a gift, maybe I asked for that to be taken away mm. because, you know, like for 59 years of feeling other people's pain, it's very draining. Did you gain any new abilities that you didn't have? I am getting a lot more, a lot more downloaded information Um. I don't know. Like my, I've always, I've always done predictions, and I've done, I'm doing worldly predictions. Like before, it was more isolated to maybe what was happening in Australia or just with individual people, what was going to happen in their life. Now it's more on a global, like range. Yeah. So. I write things down. I love to have detail. I'm, I'm really, I don't like when, when you just say there's a big shift coming or there's a big change coming. Like anyone can say that. It's got to be, for me, it's got to be like, well, what, what is that shift? What is it? Is it relationships? Is it money? Is it governments? Is it what? And then when I get pinpointed what it is, if it's governments, then I'll ask further. I'll say, but what about that government? What's going to happen? I'll keep asking and asking and asking until I get down to the nitty-gritty of what it is that's breaking apart to change. So that's that side of it is different, yes. Can you give us an example of some of the information that you've downloaded? Well, back in 2015, I was telling everybody that between the years of 2020 and 2025, the systems would change and the world is out of balance. We have too many very, very rich people, too many very, very poor people, and no one's helping each other. And it has to come back into balance. Now, at the t- and I said there will be no such thing as money in the future as we know it. My guides specifically gave me the words, money will not exist in your future as you know it today. So when I was saying that in 2015, it wasn't making a lot of sense to me at the time. And as 2016, 17, 18, 19 went along, it still wasn't really, I was thinking, well, how, how can you live without money, you know? So, but when, as the moment that COVID started and it was the beginning of 2020, 
2020, I was like, I can see it now. And as the I keep getting more and more information, I don't ask for the information, I wait. I don't ask my guides, okay, there's people out there at the moment that have got no jobs and they're panicked about money. Can you tell me what's going to happen? I don't ask. I just sit and wait and then they give it to me when I'm supposed to share it. What about any information that you've had after your experience? I didn't get like a whole heap of information Mm -hmm. straight away. It seems to be unraveling in stages. I think it probably would be a bit overwhelming perhaps if I had it all at the same time. So maybe they're giving me breadcrumbs, you know, like little bits and pieces that I, so I'm not overwhelmed and I learn to process it as well. So I can't say that I've noticed everything changed all at once. It's, it's a gradual change. I think one of my guests told me once before, when they feel like they're getting a download, they heard something in their ears or ringing in their ears. Do you get something like that? Maybe you can follow up with, do you just get aha moments from time to time? Like, oh, that's where that, you know, a realization I get, the, I get them all, yeah. You, I must have got that from a download or something. Yeah. Um, my bathroom is the best place every single morning <laughs> uh, the, where there's water. The shower, um, being in that in the bathroom area, I will be. I'm always getting downloads when I am not asking for them, and I'm thinking about something totally different. So I'll be blow drying my hair, and it's like, oh, you've got to. And I get this. You've got to talk about this. I run and grab a pen and paper, and I write down what I'm meant to talk about. Mm. Late, and then I have to make a video that day, or a message. As soon as I post that message or that video, people write to me and go, oh, my God, I needed to hear that. Oh, you just, I was been thinking about this. I needed to know that. If we want to see any examples of your recent downloads, just go to your YouTube channel. Yeah. And you have videos there of just stuff that's come to you recently. Yeah. And I, do, I did a prediction, predictions for 20, 2019, I think it was. I did 20 predictions and then I made another video that showed which of those predictions actually came true in that year. 18 out of the 20 happened. Hmm. And then I did another one for 2020 and I'll be doing, I do them at the end of the year, so I'll probably be doing another one soon for next year. So you And can- then, you know, when, sorry, when, um, when I do a prediction and people follow them and then something happens... They can't wait to write to me and go, oh, look, look, it happened, it happened, just like you said it would. So it sounds like then you've been getting downloads since before your experience. Oh, yeah, my whole life, yes. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking you got them after your experience. No, no, I've been doing, like, I remember being a little girl and being able, I just used to say things to mum like, the phone's about to ring, and then it would ring, and... um someone's going to come over and then that person would come over. I have done it my whole entire life. In, in my 20s, I actually went to meditation classes, relaxation classes to help bring it out, to understand it more. Hmm. But I'm known for it, like the people that have always bought readings from me and have known me for many, many years. I'm known for predicting future events. Hmm. What do you think inspires you about your experience? Knowing that 
I have never got off this track as, you know, you imagine in the 1970s being a psychic, you were labelled as crazy. Um, I've been around a lot of people with very strong religious beliefs that have tried to knock me down. I never got off this path ever. I never allowed society to dictate to me what I was here for. It's kind of like I always knew that this was what I came here for and I never got off that path and that inspires me to keep going. It's like, it's, you know, I, I sometimes equate it to, you know, if you, you've got a singer in a, in, a, in a bar and they are an amazing singer but they never quite hit the, the big stage, but they, they never stopped. And they, you know, they will sing for the rest of their life because that's their passion. And that's like mine has never been I need to be popular or I need to be on television as a psychic or I need to, I've never wanted that. I need to have a heap of followers. Never, ever care about any of that. It's if I touch one life today and make their life better, I've done my job. From our earlier discussion, I think you've kind of became a medium around 16 or 20 years old. Was there some kind of catalyst that started this all for you? It was the death of my nana. Yeah. And that was, um, I had, I was working, I'd got my first job. Um, it was the day before Good Friday. And I was heading home from work. I was in the city and instinctively I thought, I'm, I need to buy my mum some flowers. Um, and I need to buy her a card. Now, I was never some, our family were people that always bought those humorous cards, you know. To, to have a dig at each other and make each other laugh. We never bought serious cards ever. So on this Thursday night, I've gone to a florist and there's this one bunch of flowers that I didn't even know what they were called. I thought, I have to buy those. I bought that and I bought a card that said, may God be with you this Easter. We were not a religious family. Um, my mum was, was probably more religious than anyone, but I bought this card, bought the flowers, got on a bus, went home, and went into mum and handed her the flowers and the card. And she was shocked because she said, what did you get me them for? And I said, I just felt like I needed to give them to you. And she said, they're baronias. And I said, oh, are they? And she said, they were, they're Nana's favourite, which is her mum. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. And then she read the card and it was it had beautiful words on it about you're never alone and there's always someone with you. So we sat on the lounge and I suddenly had this pain in my chest like I was I was 16 years old I'm holding my chest and mum's panicking going are you all right are you all right and I said no no it's excruciating pain and she was she was about to get up to come and see what like she thought you can't be having a heart attack you're only 16 and as soon as she came towards me I went it's okay it's gone and I went oh, I'm at peace now. And that was, and she said, what was that? And I said, I don't know, maybe it was indigestion or something like that. Half an hour later, dad came home and he said, Nana just passed away of a massive heart attack at exactly that moment that I had felt her pain. And it was from that moment I realised I knew that was coming because I'd given the gift to my mum. I'd given my mum a comfort before it happened 
And then from that point on, it just, my life has unfolded that way. Mm. That's an amazing story. There's many of them. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to switch gears with you. Um, It sounds like you're getting into teaching. Do you have a website and are you teaching on the website or are you more teaching on YouTube? I I have been doing YouTube videos with um, teaching and also I've been giving exercises for people to do to like I I hide objects in my home and then they've got to use remote viewing to work out if they can see where it is. And people love doing things like that because the more you practice, obviously the more it expands and and it becomes easier for you. Mm -hmm. And I have just recently redone a whole new, I've got this wonderful guy who's just redone my whole website and he's put a lot of blogs on there, my videos, and there's a members section which is just been launched recently where I'll be teaching, I'll be doing one-on-one Zoom meetings with people. I will be um, helping anyone who's going through any kind of spiritual crisis um, and then teaching what I have learned and in how to read energy, how to determine, because spirit don't always give you direct a direct um, answer. They give you clues and it's up to you to work those clues out. So everything I've possibly learned over the last 40-odd years in this work, I'm sharing through my website. All right. Well, what is the name of your YouTube channel and your website? Both. It's Vicky Button Psychic. Okay. So on YouTube, it's Vicky Button Psychic. On my website, it's com. Mm. My Facebook is Vicky Button Psychic. My Instagram is Vicky Button Psychic. That's, yeah, that's where you'll find me on all of them. Do you have anything else that you're working on that you want us to know about? I kind of leave it up to spirit. I... I am doing a lot of meditations, but they're kind of like a hypnosis type meditation where I'm taking people back to a certain time in their life so they can heal a trauma. Um, I'm not healing it for them. They're healing it themselves. But I can get them into a very deep state where they allow themselves to go back there, whereas quite often people will block themselves from bringing something up from the past because they don't know how to deal with the emotions. So, yes, and I'm doing a lot of past life regression type work. Um, Something I have wanted to do myself, which I feel like I'm still working towards, is I will channel and I, I channel and I write, right? So I'm an automatic writer. And so when I'm doing a reading, I just sit and I look at someone's photo and I just write. So I don't have people in my home because I don't want everyone's energy in here. I do all my readings via email and photos. But what I've wanted to do is when I channel, I want to allow a spirit to come into my body where I physically change appearance. I've done it once where I allowed a woman's mother to come into my body and she was looking at me and my face changed into her mum. I have also done another a video where I was doing healings because I do remote healing. I was doing healing for people and I said to them, just look at my face, just keep staring at my face, staring at my face, and their relatives were coming through me. I was going to say, I'm glad you did that. I think those would be some interesting YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm, I'm a bit wary of that because I don't want somebody to take over me, though, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Although I don't think it's possible. Uh, have you spoken with people that have had that feeling where they've laid in bed and they've felt a energy laying on top of them? And it's it. scientists will call it sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. but... You ask anybody that this has happened to and they will tell you they know that there is some kind of spiritual being laying on top of them, holding them down, and that's horrible. It's a hor- it's, it's like a feeling of oh, I've got no control over this and they are, are kind of attacking me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it can happen. Um, <laughs> I think I've had one guest that has described something like that. I guess I was just referring to some being completely taking over your body because I just kind of feel that our body in this realm is a manifestation of our consciousness anyways. Yeah. But But, but your soul can, yeah, you you can have a a walk-in where a soul can, you can walk out. Like if Mm -hmm. if my soul decides I've had enough of this, it can walk out and (laughs) another soul can come in. Mm -hmm. Right. If that's an agreeing situation yeah you're right if that's an agreement but i think also even if you had a walk-in that you would still have total control or you could just finish this body if you wanted to or whatever it's it's also like uh so your soul that's in your body now when when your physical body is no longer here and your soul and then you decide to come back into another lifetime people can still connect into that soul that is jeff Mm. Even though your soul has now moved into another life, you know, in the future. So we can, anybody could tap into all the lives that you have lived previously because there's that, that, it's contained in that ball, (coughs) that energy. When you're looking at it from when we're all connected anyway. (coughs) Yeah, yeah. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chat with you. Are you open to that? And if so, Absolutely. how do they reach out to you? Yep. Um, my Facebook page, I have Messenger on there, and many people just go straight to message and just tell me their stories, um, share what they're going through. They might want to ask me a question. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm quick to answer people. Um, they can find me on YouTube and in the comments section and email through my website. There's a contact me at the end of my website where they can just send me a contact there as well. All right. Well, before <laughs> we finish up, do you have one last positive message that you can share with everyone? Well, I wrote something, a quote on my website, which is you are born with nothing and you die with nothing. You're here for the experience of the growth of your soul. That's a good message. That just sums it up. Yep. Vicky, thank you for that message. And thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best and have a great rest of your day over there. Oh, thank you, Jeff. It's been an absolute delight. And thank you for having me on your show. All right. Well, take care and have a good day. Thanks very much. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.